Hey, what's going on here? I'd like to use that phone. Go ahead. This is history in the making. What? There's a man biting a dog in I was wondering why I wasn't recording. I was. Uh, Are we confused. actually recording now? Oh, this We're still be, testing. No, 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 no. I'm done testing. Okay. So. Hi, everybody. Hello. That was a Yay. quick opening. Sounds so enthused. I'm reading. That's why I didn't sound super enthused. Well, welcome everybody to Top Shelf AM. We also watched. We also watched a movie between watching the movie we watched for this, so I was a little, little out of it. I'm like, wait, what are we doing? Right so if we start now? talking about Harold and Kumar, Kumar Escape Guantanamo Bay, that'll show you what we actually watch. We're not watching this list. We watched Jeez. Amadeus, and that's that is not on this list, and that is offensive to my people. <laughs> my people meaning music the music majors. people. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> all right. Well, well, and the well, Austrians, yeah, Germans, the Austrian German people. But what we did watch for the actual list, yes. not in our free time movie. Back to the list. Was It Happened One Night from 1934. It is an unrated hour and 45 minute rom-com. Be rom-com. Directed also, by Frank Capra. Better known as the director for... It's a Wonderful Life, <gasps> which is not for a ways yet on I this know. list. We're going to be close to Christmas by the time we actually well, get there. Well, that'd be nicer then. It'd be a good Christmas episode. Uh, starring Clark Gable. Clark Gable. Because between our quests, we in sequin vests and impersonate Clark Gable. <laughs> Busting out the Monty Python, aren't yep. you? <laughs> Every time I say Clark Gable's name, I think that line. Well, it happened one night, also known as Let's Drive Jeff Crazy with Inflation Nation. Oh, just wait till you guys get to Inflation Nation. I stopped doing it, if that's telling you anything. I skipped a whole there's, portion. I think there's less trivia than there are Inflation Nation. I wouldn't be surprised. <laughs> I would not be Uh-oh, surprised. I shouldn't have drank soda before we did this. What, are you going to be burping? That is gross. You I are a lady. Mic. It doesn't matter. This microphone picks up everything. I highly doubt it hurt it as loud as it would have been if I had done it into the microphone. I don't know. It do- well, yeah. If you haven't, if, if, if you were right here belching into no, the microphone, no, I don't do that. That's not. That's, which that's is not... Pro- which is appreciated. I'm pretty sure everybody <sighs> listening to this. This is a high class podcast, by the way, folks. Mm-hmm. <laughs> high class professional podcast. Very professional. What is the synopsis for it happened? Um, can one I night? do my rating? Well, I thought you already did the rating. No. Oh, I thought you already said what rating. Had. It was unrated. That was oh, the rating. Oh yes, that rating. was the rating. It was an eight point three out of ten with no meta score and no Roger Ebert rating. He did write a lengthy review in like the late eighties about the movie, but never actually rated rated it. Okay. Cool, the synopsis cool. from IMDb is: A spoiled heiress running away from her family is helped by a man who's actually a reporter looking for a story. Good synopsis. My thoughts are there's something. Her face is too big for her little head. She has like anime. She looks like animeitis. She looks like she's an an. She looks like an anime character. Yeah. Also, they're so adorable. This movie's so <laughs> cute. I will. I will agree. The movie's. Uh, the movie's actually a lot better than I expected mm-hmm. it to be. Um, I had never. I seen was this really one. pleasantly surprised. Yeah. Because I didn't know it was Frank Capra, so that yeah. was a nice surprise. And his his movies generally tend to be. Good heartfelt films. And it's funny because honestly, watching this movie, we realized a couple different things. We realized it's the movie that did the whole hitchhiking and couldn't get the hitchhiker, which the clip is on um, 
the clip is on the website for those of you who want to see it. But it's the it's the movie that that originated the whole like Clark Gable's out trying to show like oh this is how you hitchhike you know put your thumb out do yep. this and he couldn't get it and then she just walks out there and raises her skirt and show you know you not like up over her head but excuse me. I <laughs> I don't know what that was. The that was a burp. Was hiccup cough. A burp. Um, but like she raises her dress so you can see her leg, and that immediately gets a guy to stop for him. So it's like that joke originated here. And then I realized at the end, spoilers, I guess, you know, the movie that's 70 years old, 80 years old, 80 years, years old, old this year for that matter. Holy cow. Um, the end sequence when they get to her wedding, because it is, it's such a rom com. It's flat out, it's the same story you've seen. Hundreds of times since, but it was probably one of the ones that did it first, which is mm-hmm. why it's on the list. But, like, they get to her wedding, and, uh, like, there's a whole bounty for her reward, and there's the whole miscommunication, yep. and that she thinks he left, and he thinks she left, and, like, she was going off to marry, and she's at the wedding marrying the guy. Basically, if anyone out there has watched Spaceballs, <laughs> Spaceballs. <Yeah. laughs> it's really silly. Spaceball, it's silly, but it's true, because Spaceballs was parroting the end of this movie for the whole when when uh, Lone Star gives Princess Vesper back and she's at the altar marrying uh, the, the sleepy guy, which I... I've only seen Spaceballs once. Oh, I love Spaceballs. I was quoting Spaceballs. The moment from Spaceballs that corresponded with this movie, I was actually doing the lines from Spaceballs. But yeah, basically the whole idea that he, he doesn't take the reward, he just takes enough for accommodations and tolls and stuff like that. That whole bit is is basically from this film, and it's it's great. I, I liked this movie. I did I really too. Did I liked like it. it a lot. And I was joking. I when, would recommend it. I would too. And I was joking when I'm like, is this entire movie going to be just them going from Miami to New York and that's it? And it, it was. Yeah, it was. Very much so. I could totally see this movie nowadays. So, um... Awards? Yeah, let me get on to the awards. No technology, really. There's, like, no. rear, there's projection for driving in the car. Right. That's about it. It's, that's about it. There's nothing else major goes on with it. Same stuff as we've already discussed numerous times before. The awards section. This film had a total of ten award nominations. Really? It had five Oscar nominations and wins. It won all five Oscars it was nominated Which for. Which is known as a Oscar Grand Slam. Exactly. It was the first film to win the Oscar, Oscar Grand, Grand Slam. Slam. The the uh, award or the Oscars that it was nominated for and consequently won. Consequently. Bust out the word consequently on a Friday Who's night. Who's pedestrian now? Yeah, boy. Yeah, bitch. Magnets. <laughs> Breaking Bad. Breaking Bad. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> All right. Uh, so here we go. The awards that it was, the Oscars that it won for was Best Writing, Adaptation, Best Director for Frank Capra, Best Actress in a Leading Role for Claudette Colbert, Colbert, Colbert. Uh, Best Actor in a Leading Role for Clark Gable, okay, and you know, Best Picture. It could be Colbert, or however you said it first. She is French. She was born okay, in France. Okay, then it's Colbert. So it's Claudette, it's, what is it, Cla- it's Claudette. Cla- it's Claudette Colbert. Yeah. So we were right. Yeah, um, it's I, it's written like Colbert of Stephen Colbert. Right, right. So that's, therefore, I don't give a crap. It's Colbert. If it's not correct, it's Colbert. <laughs> um, I know this is old news by the time this goes up, but he's taking over for Letterman. That's true. Well, it's only two weeks out. Hmm. But <laughs> yeah, yeah, slightly anyway. old news. <laughs> um, I do like the trivia though regarding both of those two parts, uh, both both uh, uh, Clark Gable because it was the only award that Clark Gable ever won, or it was the only Oscar that he ever won for. And um, 
there's nice little trivia about it if you ever go into the awards section for this movie on IMDb. Basically, what it is is Claudette Colbert, uh, more or less, was so certain that she was Don't not you... going to win. Wait, is that part of your trivia? Yes. Why? The, how do I know this? It's awards. <laughs> Screw you. It's part of my trivia. <laughs> She was so guaranteed that she was not going to win that she didn't show up for the awards. Nope. Everybody, and do you talk about? Do you talk yes, about I Clark do. Gables? Yes, I do. Okay, then I'll let you have that one. Okay. 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 <laughs> so basically, she was not there when I she won the award. I have more trivia that adds on to that. Okay. Well, her. good. So there. And Betty Davis. Eyes. Oh God, not that. Song. <laughs> I don't even Never know the song. That song. I don't I'm even sorry. know the song. I just know the title. Uh, the film <laughs> was entered into the National Film Registry as of '93. Oh, that's so lovely. It's, it's in adorable. there. It's adorable. It's we a, should show this on TV more. One, I'm surprised that they don't. Um, it feels like it'd be a movie that'd be on American yeah, movie classics, thing. like right. AMC or something like that. Well, we I mean, post like Walking Dead AMC before it was just a normal television station. TMC. Classic movies. Yeah, but American movie classics, AMC. I know. Used to also do that too. I know. So that's why the AMC I was, hasn't been like AMC classic hasn't been classic movies in a for, long time. That's and that's what I'm saying. It's like all those channels that used to just play old. Well, that's movies, because there are don't. now just channels devoted to that. Like, and they can. Yeah, but the AMC and TMC used to be channels I know, devoted to but that. But now AMC gives us the golden age of television, so we can't complain. All shows us, that I don't watch. <laughs> no, you don't watch any of them, and you really should. I don't watch a single show. I did that's not on finish AMC. Mad Men in time to watch the premiere. I'm really <laughs> sad about it. I'm probably like two episodes behind now. Uh yes. Well, that is all I have for awards. Okay. And then uh, feel free to continue on once you're done with trivia. We're gonna do trivia. Then I'm going to get on to my giant section. Do you have stuff and things? I do. I okay, have seven good. stuff and okay. things. This is gonna be a, probably a short episode, I'm guessing. That's okay. Our last one was a little long. While shooting the scenes where he undresses, Clark Gable had trouble removing his undershirt while keeping his humorous flow going, and, and it took too long. As a result, the undershirt was abandoned altogether. It then became cool to not wear an undershirt, which resulted in a large drop in undershirt sales around the country. Legend has it that in response, some underwear com underwear manufacturers tried to sue Columbia. <laughs> Pictures, not the country. No, I think it'd just be funnier if it tried suing the company. Or sorry, the, the country? country. Oh my god. So Clark Gable gave his Oscar for It Happened One Night to a child who admired it, telling him it was winning the winning of the statue that had mattered, not owning it. The child returned the Oscar to Gable's family after Clark's death. Did you talk about who eventually bought it? No, that I don't have. Steven Spielberg in ninety six bought it. Uh anonymously. Because it had floated around as a, as like a, as an excuse just to it was it was being exploited because it was his only Oscar and people were just oh. selling and selling it and using it and they, he bought it back and he gave it back to the Academy itself because oh, really? he figured if anybody should have it it it's should them. be the Academy yeah. you know you guys aren't gonna do anything you better with hope it. that it like melted down for someone else's it's probably Halle Berry's now just. <laughs> They just or popped Anne Hathaway. They just popped off the nameplate. Oh and God! It to what if it's Anne Hathaways? <laughs> I hate Hollywood. Constance Bennett and yeah, we're doing a podcast Verna all Loy, about it. Among others, turned the script down. Claudette Colbert only accepted because Capra promised he would double her salary and she would be done in four weeks. She disliked the film so much she didn't even attend the Oscars. It wasn't just she didn't think she was going to win. She hated this movie. And when she won for Best Actress, she was found about to leave on a trip and was rushed to the ceremony where she made her acceptance speech in a traveling suit. 
Which makes it sound like she was like in a spacesuit or something. Yeah. <laughs> the helmet's still on. You can't hear her. Sadly, this was, according to William L. Shire's Berlin Diary, one of Adolf Hitler's and Joseph Stalin's favorite movies. Great. Thanks, guys. Oh, boy. He likes the American movies. Fritz Freeling's unpublished... Not the tassels. Mem- hey. <laughs> Fritz Freeling's unpublished memoirs mentioned that this was one of his favorite films and that it contains at least three things upon which the character Bugs Bunny was based. The character Oscar Shapley, played by Roscoe Carnes' personality, the manner in which Clark Gable was eating carrots and talking quickly at the same time, and an imaginary character mentioned once to a frightened Oscar Shapley named Bugs Dooley. In other mentions of Looney Tune characters from the film include Alexander Andrews and King Wesley, Wesley as the inspirations for Yosemite Sam and Pepe Le Pew, respectively. Huh. You see it now? Yeah. Yep. Oh, we should have read that one before we watched that I think movie. I knew that Bugs Bunny was somewhat based on Clark Gable. Yeah. It's something to do with Clark Gable. It's like the personality of him. Plus, they both It's have the big talking ears. and the carrots. They, <laughs> they do. Both have big ears. <laughs> Seriously, you never notice how big Clark Gable's ears are because they do shoot him from the side in profile or from an angle a lot. Yep. And they shoot him head on. It's like, oh my God, your ears are huge. I, oh, continue. What was that all about, Lindsay? Do you want me to tell them? No. <laughs> Continuing on. My phone rang and I answered it. And so we cut out me on the phone. Yes, we did. Yeah. Okay. So. Welcome to Saturday now. Shut up. I was on the phone for like 10 minutes. I had to talk to Colin all day. I know. It's fine. I was just kidding. Continue on with your trivia. All right. Frank Capra came up with the idea about the walls of Jericho, which is that sheet and the rope that they have in the hotel. Okay. Um, because Claudette Colbert refused to undress in front of the camera. Huh. Also, Claudette Colbert complained nearly every day during the making of this film. On the last day of shooting, she told a friend, I just finished making the worst picture I've ever made. You know, it's funny that she complained that she did not want to undress because two years prior to that, she was in a movie where she was in a bubble bath where she was topless and moving around a lot. Okay, fair enough. So I don't understand. Freaking Hollywood actors. Tell you. No. Anywho, continue. This is often credited as the very first screwball comedy. I could see that. Yep. It's kind of like this in Swing Time, where two of the pretty, like, early, like, romantic comedy yeah. sort of things. Because you even said, like, all the, the tropes are there yeah. from romantic comedies. Like, they don't like each other, and then they end up spending a lot of time together, and then they fall in love, and... Mm. And then go to the route where, like, well, they, there's, a, there's a miscommunication mm-hmm. between the two of them, they go back to their lives, and then they end yep. up still together yep, in the exactly. end. exactly. I'm way, a sucker for those movies, I don't even care. I will admit, though, the ending of this one, it was a little confusing. Because yes, it is. I mean, like, I understood what happened. They ended up together, yeah. but, like, when she runs off, like, you don't... She just gets in the car, and, and that's leaves. all you see. Yeah, you never see her... And then her dad is standing there looking pleased, and the next thing you know, you see him drunk. Yeah. Like, in his office, talking to King Wesley. Yeah. His first name is King. His last name is Wesley. That's just... He's con- not a king of anything. Because they kept saying confusing. King Wesley all all movie. I'm like... Yeah. She's what? marrying a king? He's marrying... <laughs> Anyway, so Robert Robert Montgomery turned down the male lead, saying the script was the worst thing he had ever read. When Clark Gable showed up for work on the first day, he reportedly said grimly, let's get this over with. Oh, God. Why did I remember? Because it was so oddball at the time? Well, I'm I'm getting there. Okay. Like... Frank Capra, when Frank Capra asked Claudette Colbert to expose her leg for the hitchhiking scene, she at first refused. 
And later, having seen the leg of her body double, she changed her mind, insisting that that's not my leg. (laughs) The French. Wow. Columbia Pictures was considered a poverty row studio at the time of the film's release. Both MGM and Warner Brothers would lend out temperamental actors to Columbia as a humbling experience. Studio boss Harry Cohen, who was loath to pl- to pay for his own roster of cont- contract stars during the early 30s, would invariably assign them to work on Frank Capra's films. Although the studio had received Oscar nominations prior to this picture, its success virtually single-handedly lift Columbia out of the ranks of Poverty Row. So basically, it, I don't they know purposefully what gave them difficult actors. Yeah. To try and to try to just like well, sink them essentially because that would have been one less competition in the in the exactly in the, in in the, the studio business. system. Yeah, yep, exactly. Uh, this was the first Academy Award Best Picture nominee to win both Best Actor and Actress. Um, Claudette Colbert only wears four different outfits throughout the course of the film: a flimsy nightgown at the beginning, her yeah, traveling suit, Clark Gable's pajamas, and her wedding dress. Uh, six different actresses turned down this role. That Claudette Colbert eventually got. That's weird. Um, according to the New York Times article dated February 23rd, 1934, the Silly Symphony short The China Shop was featured after this film. Which I think is the one with the bowl in The China Shop. You know what I'm talking about? No? Okay, fine. <laughs> I think King? I do, actually. I think. Here, I, do, yeah. I have an answer to that weird thing. The weird twirly plane thing. Okay, yes, please. King Wesley's auto gyro was a Kellett K3 registered NC-1269-1. It also appeared in the film International House from 1933 with W.C. Fields. Oh, okay. See, I know the modern day equivalent of what I the auto I called it a whirly bird. You did call it a whirly bird. <laughs> I was just confused as to what the hell that thing was. I'm not used to the old, like the original yeah. like run of them. I know what the auto gyro is nowadays. I've seen them before. It basically is this weird like airplane helicopter combo. It's, yeah, it's like and they had a baby. Yeah. Basically, if they had a baby. Okay, um, AFI sense. listed this as number three on the greatest films in romantic comedy. Which would make sense, because it's basically the first romantic comedy that created that structure that everybody else copied from here on out. It, it, or at least, it was the one that, that gained the most success. Again, as we've said numerous times before, it's not always the... It's not always the first, because I can't say it's the first one that did, it's just the one that it's most recognized for. Um, and lastly, this was the first film to win both the Academy Award and the National Board of Review Award for the Best Picture. Awesome. And that is the end. That is the end of trivia. Trivia. Well, now, welcome to the second half of the podcast. <laughs> they don't know that I was on the phone for pushing no, 15 minutes. I'm talking that Inflation oh. Nation is so long. Gotcha. Someone's got a guilty conscience. You, <laughs> you were stabbing your iPad a lot while I was on the phone. I was playing games. Oh, you just sounded like you were stabbing. No, you stab stuff on it. All right, so what should I do first? Should I do Inflation Nation and then Stuff and Things? No, Stuff and Things first. All right, because Inflation Nation is so much longer. We'll leave that one to last. All right, so Stuff and Things with Jeff. That's me. All right, number one. How did she escape from them in the beginning? She She dove into the ocean and started swimming. Everyone was on a boat. The boat, slightly faster than the human body, can swim. (laughs) <laughs> I don't understand it. It confused the hell out of me, but whatever. Number two, all reporters were drunk in the 1930s. True story. True. Number three, why... I'm, I'm pretty certain that they drove 
from Miami to Tallahassee, Florida to go to New York it was City. Re- my theory is, is that the, like, it maybe I don't know when the... Because it was the I don't even want to open my mouth and get accused of being stupid, so... Was it just I don't the, know. I because don't, they should have gone to Savannah. That would have been a, that would have been a more logical direction. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. I, I I'm almost positive. I'm almost I'm positive Googling they something. said that they Hold land on. they they stopped in Tallahassee. I'm almost positive they did. And that cuz that meant for those of you who don't know Florida, just in case you don't, it's going from the southwest or sorry, southeast corner of the state to the northwest corner of the state to continue to head way the hell up northeast again. They basically backtracked like six Guess out or four what? hours. What? Is that like is that just the way that the bus route went? The Dwight D. Eisenhower National System of Interstate and Defense Highways, commonly known as the Interstate Highway System, or simply the Interstate, is a network of freeways that forms part of the National Highway System of the United States. Mm-hmm. It was not authorized by the Federal Highway Act until nineteen fifty six. So, I mean, they would have taken back roads. I know, but I'm just saying that maybe because you were looking at a current map. Well, true, but I don't understand. There was cities that are closer to the east side of the state of I know, Florida but I'm that just they should have gone maybe to. That's the bu- maybe that was the bus route then. This is like a legitimate question. Like, I know. Not even like joking. Thomas, really... can you help us with this? <laughs> Somebody. I want to know why they would have gone. And I will go back and I'll re-listen. Maybe I was wrong. And if I'm wrong, I'll make a note. But I'm almost positive they said that they went to Tallahassee. They did. Which just doesn't make sense. I'm confused. Sorry. Anyway. Sorry to be so, sorry to make that one be such a strong also, point. Also, quick shout but... out. Thank you to Thomas for his commentary on Intolerance, A Song of Two Humans. Yes. I appreciate always... his commentary. Because we we look forward to everybody else helping us out for we talking. Do. So we're not yes. we're good at the talking. The the, the, the word, yeah yeah the other podcast where we sit and talk for forty five minutes at yep. a time. We don't talk well. All right. Anyways, moving on. Number four. How did the security guards not know what Ellie looks like? They showed up doing. The, I mean, I know like shortly after that they had a they had a sequence where they were like, oh, here's a picture. You know, some of the small towns don't know what she looks like, but I'm pretty mm-hmm. sure those security guards were the ones that her father sent after to find her. It's like, come yeah, on. Yeah, well. All right. Anyways, number five, Abraham Lincoln was apparently a well-known piggybacker. Apparently, true, true story. Number six, what the hell is wrong with raw carrots? I exactly. I love, love raw, raw carrots. carrots. I have a bag upstairs right now. I ate cooked carrots today for lunch and it was disgusting. That's gross. Number seven. Well, I had steamed vegetables for lunch to make up for the fact that they ate half a pizza for dinner. Ah, good point. And finally, number seven. In the end, the movie came down to a competition of the mustaches. Mustachios. <laughs> yes, because everyone had a mustache in the end of the movie. They did. All right. So here we go. <laughs> Everybody get ready. That was all these stuff and things for Jeff. Get ready, everybody. <laughs> you know, I was, I was, I was, I was kind of hoping that we could get like one or two of them because what was it? The last movie we did, I only. Oh yeah, it was a uh, um, uh, streetcar named Desire. I only got three, and one oh. of them was because it was on the uh, the uh, the hot dog cart. Oh, that's right, that's right, that's right. I was like, let's at least get three of them in this one. I got thirteen, and I didn't do. I'm pretty no. sure five or six of them because they were at such rapid fire secession. It was terrible. All right, here we go. Number one, a dollar sixty was all that Ellie had in her purse after Peter sent away the candy boy. That is equivalent because we're going from 1934 to 2014. Okay. 2013 is as soon as that I could do these. Okay. Uh, the the dollar sixty that she had in her purse after she sent the candy boy away was 2803. The equivalent of 28. Okay. 
Uh, the second one, $4, which is how much that Ellie had the previous evening. That's the equivalent to $70. I wish I had $4 right now. $4 in 1934 dollars or $4 yeah. in general? $4 in general. I think you did give me $4 tonight. I though, did. So, so congratulations. I just gave you $70 with inflation for 80 years. Yeah. Uh, next one. $2 was the rate of the room Peter and Ellie rented for the night, the mm-hmm. first room. That is the equivalent to $35.04. So 35 bucks a night. It's a cheapy room, but it was a small one. Uh, the next one. $20 million. The amount Peter says Ellie has and still doesn't know how to dunk her donuts. Okay. Is the equivalent to $343,569. God. So basically, he says you're you're you know half a million or half a billion dollars, and you still don't know how to dunk a donut. Was his his question his comment? That's ridiculous. Ten thousand dollars was the reward offered for Ellie being found. Is the equivalent to one hundred and seventy five thousand dollars? A lot of money. That is the reason why the guy in the bus wanted to find her or wanted to turn her in. Um, next, ten dollars was the amount Peter had that Ellie gave the boy on the bus. So the bus crashes, and uh, uh, Peter only had a 10. He was going to give the boy. The boy didn't want it. Ellie gave it to him, gave it to the boy anyways. That's the equivalent of $175. So they just gave the kid a hundred, almost $200. Yeah. Well, his mom passed out from not eating because well, they were poor. $175? Frank Capper hurts my fragile little inside hurt feelings. <laughs> That should have been your Lindsay thoughts. <laughs> no, because it's just that one Gamma. point in the movie. But it happens. Oh, it happens in It's a Wonderful Life, too. I ball yeah, every time I watch It's a Wonderful Life. Oh, God. All right. $5,000 was the amount that the guy in the bus wants from Peter to turn Ellie in. So he was willing to split it, split the, the $10,000 uh, reward with him. He wanted half. That is the equivalent to $87,000. Basically, just take the one seventy-five divided by two. $1 million! How much Peter lies to the guy in the bus about how much Ellie's worth dead. Because he makes it seem like that mm. there's a bounty on her head. He says that she's worth a million bucks. That is the equivalent to $17 million nowadays. Five cents was the cost of the popcorn at the hamburger stand. That is the equivalent to 86 cents nowadays. $25 was, worth, was the worth of the bag Peter's claiming... Uh, to get gas to New York when he just needed okay. to get gas to get back. That's the equivalent to $438. So it would have been like a really nice, I yeah. don't know, be- manufacturers of bags. Would it be like a Louis Vuitton? Y- y- yeah. No, pro- Like Wait. a Prada? I think Prada, I don't think it was yeah. like a luggage. I think it was more like a suitcase. A hand like or I, a suitcase? I don't know. Well, Louis Vuitton I, luggage is really expensive. Okay. I don't know manufacturers. Of they have a store on, um, like in- on the Champs-Élysées in France. Okay. It's really cool looking. Really nice high-end bag, basically, is what we're saying. Um, yeah. $1,000 is the amount Peter wants from his boss for the story about Ellie divorcing her husband and marrying him. That is the equivalent to $17,500. Basically, Peter was asking his boss to give him almost $18,000 in cash for his story. All the money. All the money. Give him all the money. Ridiculous. All the money. <laughs> um, thirty-nine sixty. Is all that Peter wants from Ellie's dad right. for finding her and turning her in. Right. That is the equivalent to $693.33. So that was the equivalent of the hotel rooms, the food, the gas, all that stuff. That is the portion that Spaceballs referenced where right. Lone Star didn't want the the million space bucks. He just wanted the 289 space bucks for gas, lunch, and tolls. That line. He's basically, this is the exact same thing. 
And finally, the last inflation nation for this episode. Da, 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 da. $100,000 is the amount that Ellie's dad sends to King to not contest the annulment. Right. Is the equivalent to $1.75 million. So he basically, her dad went, here, here's, one, here's almost $2 million. Keep your mouth shut. shut. Just let it happen. Yeah. And move on. Just let it happen. Let it happen. It's okay. Just touch my junk. <laughs> Come on, Frodo. Just touch it. Oh, and that boy. is the end of Stuff and Things and Inflation Nation. Yay! Seriously, he itemized the list of stuff that he, he gave his dad. He started like he... t-shirts and undersocks. Yes. And oh, and then like, what was it? Stocks? Undersocks? I think he wanted to like, he, there was, he, he, he included stocks into that list. Like the, he made that quick comment. Well, her dad worked on Wall Street. Yeah. So he's so he's like he figured he might as well do a little bit like that too. But so it, it was I I didn't bother itemizing it. He gave the total, and I'm like screw it, that's good enough. I'm not gonna itemize it too that much. So it still it came out to almost seven hundred dollars worth of reimbursement, which again out of the what did I say? Because it was a, it was a ten thousand dollar reward. So out of the one hundred seventy five thousand dollars, he only wanted six hundred. Obviously, he loves the man. Or he loves the man. Obviously, this story is about Peter falling in love with Ellie's dad. Yeah. Subtle context. That's not. That's not how, <laughs> that's not that's how not it, it happened. That's not it at all. All right. Well, Lindsay, what did you think about the movie? I liked it. It was cute. Do you understand why it's on the list? Yeah. Oh yeah. Especially if it's one of the fir- considered to be one of the first like screwball like romantic yeah. comedies. There would be a lot of movies that wouldn't exist. Because that's the thing. It. It's it is it it is the start of so many rom-com tropes. Like, yeah. you see so many things that are in modern-day romantic comedies. You see them. They're, they're yeah. all over in this movie. Because you know when they meet in the beginning, you know, okay, they both, you know, she, they both have their motives of what they're going to do, uh-huh. and they end up saying, forget those motives, and they end up wanting to be together, but then they separate, and then they love. still end up together. True love. Love is what brings us together yeah. Today. Today. Yes. <laughs> Busting out the prince's yep. bride again. So, yeah. So I, I liked it. Uh, where is that on the list? Yeah. It did drop, like, 11 spots, I believe. Okay. Ooh, that's Netflix. That's not Adobe Reader. They're both red and in the lower right hand, left-hand corner of my iPad. Silly. I'm opening a call now. I know. I'm not complaining. It dropped... I was right. It dropped 11 spots. It so, was at number 35. I think it needs to be above the 50 just because I don't... I mean, there's a lot of romantic movies. Stab myself in the eye with my glasses. Don't mind me. That's silly. Um, (laughs) There's a lot of romantic comedies. Or there's a lot of romantic films, like dramas on this list. I feel like this is perfectly fine where it's at. I would like it to be... I would like it to be in the 40s because I I still enjoyed it. I thought it was funny. It was good. I really liked it. I liked it better than Swing Time. Yeah. I think it deserves to be higher up on the list than Swing Time is. For, For a movie that's 80 years old and it's still funny. Yeah. You know... And it still is a good love story. It's a perfectly fine film. I totally understand why. Oh, yeah. I can't... I just... But that's Clark Gable. It's so... It's... I know, and it's Clark Gable, which is... You know uh, what I wish was on here? That's a Clark Gable movie they like. It's one of the Public Enemy. No, it's not the Public Enemy movie. It's... Because uh, that's James Cagney. Yeah. Um, it's whatever that movie is that they watch in Public Enemy. The one with Johnny Depp. Which I'm a big fan of. Everyone I cannot remember. What I'm, it I'm is. looking. Hold on, I'm looking. I do recommend everybody going out and watch this movie, especially if you like romantic comedies. Bum, bum, bum. 
And even if you don't like old-fashioned films, watch this movie because it is so much a romantic comedy. And it is funny. The scene when they're arguing. When they're, okay, so they're, they basically go into hiding while they try to get back up to New York so nobody finds yeah. them. They bust into their, uh, their rented room. But when they come in, they both pretend to be married. That's their whole ploy. San Francisco is the name. Oh, of okay. San Francisco. Yeah. Where he plays Blackie. Blackie Norton. Is that the one that, that takes place during the earthquake? Is it that San Francisco? I think it is. Is it setting? Barbary Coast Saloon Keeper and a Knob Hill impresario are rivals for the affections of a beautiful singer, both personally and professionally, in 1906 San Francisco. Set during the. I'm pretty sure that's set during the earthquake. Because you know what? That's the movie I watched in the Dominican Republic. I watched it. It was on like TMC or something, (laughs) like around the same time that like Public Enemies was out. I flew to the Dominican Republic for a wedding. There was a day where we didn't do anything, and I hung out in my room. Like, on the sixth day, like we were kind of all straight and ready, getting to go home. And I turned on the television. Again, Dominican Republic. This was one of the only English things that was on. I sat and I watched it, and I'm like, this is actually not that bad of a movie. I'm, no, it's not. I've seen it. It's pretty good. It, it is. It's really good. Yeah, that's right. I forgot that it was Clark Gable in it. Yeah. That's right. I forgot he was in it. Very, very good act. Very good movie, too. Right, right. Just like this movie. They're both excellent films that I suggest everybody go out and watch. Yep. Find it. It happened one night. It's yes. out there. It's in the National Film Registry, so you're going to be able yeah, to find it. It doesn't matter where you go. You'll probably It's probably on Amazon. It's probably on iTunes. I've, I've always heard of this movie. I just have never gotten around to actually seeing it. And it was good. Wait, I'm glad wait, to see it. Wait, 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 wait. What, 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 what? Carrie Mulligan's in Public Enemies? Who? Carrie Mulligan? She's in Drive. She was in Great Gatsby. She played Daisy. Oh, okay. In the newest Gatsby. I don't remember. I I remember next to Little Public Enemies, except for the Little uh, Little Bohemian Shootout. <laughs> and where I'm have we been, guy. Jeffrey? We've been to Little Bohemia. Bohemia. It's really cool. It is. Anywho. And guess what? <laughs> guess what? The house is like twenty minutes from over. Yeah, we're gonna go again. Yeah, Be cool. We are. Although well, the steak that they I liked isn't there anymore. Makes me sad. With that. I suggest everybody checking this movie out, I as do I said. too. Lindsay does as well. Clark Gable. <laughs> and uh, what is next week's movie? Shane. Hold on, I have to find it, because it's not the first thing that pops up. Lots of actors. Shane. Shane. Why don't I just type in Alan Ladd? Yeah, I was going to say, because Alan Ladd's in it. I know that much. I know it's Alan a Western. Ladd. From, uh, from the 50s, I do believe. 1953. So a little newer. A weary gunfighter attempts to settle down with a homestead family, but a smoldering settler-rancher conflict forces him to act. Smoldering. I've never seen Shane. I haven't either. I've it's heard of it. It's one of the last westerns on our list. Say so we gotta be We got there. this. I think we have Treasure of the Sierra Madre. I think we have a John Which Wayne. is really close to Shane as well. Shane. Midnight Cowboy's not a western. No. Treasure of the Sierra Madre. I think there's a John Wayne. High, and High Noon. High Noon's in there? Okay. Yep. Say. Mm, I can't wait for On the Waterfront. Uh... Well, we're getting closer. Oh, and this, isn't The Searchers a Western? I think The Searchers is a Western. I Don't quote me on that, folks. I, I don't I'm recognize looking. it. I don't remember it. Um, well, that'll be fun. That'll definitely yes, be fun. Yes, The Searchers it? is our last Western. Is that a John Wayne movie? Yes, Okay, it see, is. I knew we had a John Wayne movie in this list. I isn't just... high, no, High Noon is... Ah, oh, Gary Cooper. It's hard because they're because we're in that era where it's all those. Yeah. It's it's. Gary Cooper. <laughs> Why'd you say it like that? <laughs> I said it like 
Very quirky. Yeah, that's why I was just confused. Sheldon Cooper. <laughs> Gary Cooper. All right, well, that's fun. That'd be cool to watch Shane next week, so. Yeah. Exciting. Sure. At this point. Well, now that I understand why Westerns are entertaining yeah. after watching Fistful of Dollars, that's what helped me. Uh, you know, and it's good that at least, because then, yeah. It's I haven't watched the rest of them yet. I haven't had time for the good, bad, and the ugly. Fistful of Dollars is good. Good, bad, and the ugly is good, too. We've got to finish, whatchamacallit, Breaking Bad. <laughs> This weekend, fo- or so two weekends shows. ago, we finished it, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> You're hurting my head. <laughs> wow, I had a great time in L.A., everybody. Woo, boy, the sun and all that fun Hello. stuff. I was here doing schoolwork. Oh, wait, that's what I would have been doing regardless. <laughs> Sucker. Well, kiddos, I have those fingers, too. <laughs> Ladies With and gentlemen, that, everybody. that is the end of our podcast. Aren't you so glad it's you all stayed. uphill from here? I didn't say it on the last episode. No, you did not. Sorry. And I actually went to uh, edit a portion of the ending out to get to the ending quicker. Yeah. And then I realized I completely cut out me saying goodnight to Radio Raheem. Oh no! So I did had to put, put I had in? to put it back in because I I have to say goodnight, Radio Raheem. Radio Raheem, do you realize that we watched you? God. Almost fifty episodes ago. Right. It's so disappointing. It was a long time ago. You know, from here oh, on out. Yeah, yeah, betcha. You know, from here on out, whenever we want to just watch a movie that we don't, or whenever there's a movie we don't want to watch, we just watch uh, "Do the Right Thing" again. There we go. That's how it's gonna be. Or we'll pre- Harold Kumar Escape from Guantanamo yeah. Bay. and then we'll pretend <laughs> that we watched the movie. Yes. And just make it up. I mean, we could totally do that. Wrong. Okay. <laughs> Bye, everybody. Bye, everybody. Goodbye. Just end the episode before I start rambling about something else. Like Harold and Kumar. <laughs> I like those movies. Shut up. NPH rules. NPH does rule. And NPH we trust. Hello, Internet Dwellers. This is Jeff Bell, president of the Ghost Hat Network, here at the end of this episode to give a quick plug about some of our other exciting shows. But wait a minute, Jeff. You have other shows? Why, yes, random listener, we do. If you head over to ghosthat.net, you can find a heap of shows we produce on a semi-regular basis. Like... Super Happy Fun Time, the podcast where Colin Kirchner and myself sit one-on-one and talk movies, TV, video games, and other big things we care about. The Midnight Sleuth, a comedy detective mystery show in the style of old-time radio that follows the adventures of Midnight Sleuth and his partner, Linda Talbot, as they solve crimes, stop the bad guys, and poke fun at the source material. Famous Person Storytime, a podcast where celebrities retell their favorite nursery rhymes or fairy tales as best as they can remember it, even if that memory is completely wrong. So if you're in need of some new shows to listen to on your commute, while working out, or simply relaxing at home, be sure to head over to ghosthat.net now and subscribe to our shows. For more information about this and other projects, visit our official website at www.ghosthat.net or like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash ghosthat.